podcast, our guest is Tim Frew. Tim is Chief Executive of Youth Link Scotland, the National Agency for Youth Work. He's been working in the youth work sector for over 20 years, both in England and in Scotland, and for both the public and voluntary sectors. Growing up in the Troubles in Ireland and experiencing sectarianism in Scotland has led Tim to be an active proponent of equality within Youth Link Scotland and the wider youth work sector. Yeah, you think facilitates um, the equality and diversity in youth work network and is also an investor in diversity. And some of the projects you think Scotland has that are designed to promote equality, diversity, inclusion include action on sectarianism, action on prejudice, and Scotswoman. Tim Frew, welcome to our podcast and thank you very much for joining me today. Could we just start by you telling me a little bit about your visit to Srebrenica? Yes, yeah, so I went to Srebrenica um, over a year ago, or exactly a year ago, um, and it was, um, you know, courtesy of uh, remembering Srebrenica Scotland charity. Um, so um, the chair of the charity also happens to be the chair of my organisation, YouthLink Scotland, Dr Lorna Hood. Um, and um, so I went with a group this time last year, and um, there was a quite an interesting um, collection of people on, on that delegation. Um, and in particularly, I, I think, um, Marcelli uh, Fraser um, and uh, Robert McNeil, who had both spent some time um, in, in Bosnia post the conflict um, in, in kind of uh, quite significant roles. So that um, in itself made me kind of appreciate that we were um, not just stepping into history, but we were going back with some people who had lived through some of that. Just tell us a bit about how you felt yeah. about the trip going there, but also how you um, experienced it. Yeah, I, I suppose in advance of going, um, I, I thought I might have some understanding of this, um, partly because I'd studied history. So I was always interested in, 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 um, in history um, and things that, you know, conflict and, and how people get into these situations, how nations get into these situations. Um, but but also I'd been to Icefitch when I was um, a student, um, and so visiting a place like that, I think we visited just a few months before Schindler's List was released. I find that a very difficult film to watch after actually being there and experiencing that. So I suppose I had some sense of of, of preparation uh, for the trip. But for me, um, the impact of 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 this trip um, and uh, visiting uh, Srebrenica was the genocide that happened there, the, the only way that I could kind of uh, understand it or comprehend it in my head was uh, was to describe it as a Holocaust or a genocide in colour. Um, and that sounds, you know, when you say it out loud, it, it sounds a bit a bit glib. I don't mean it like that. I actually mean it's, it's kind of more um, disturbing because quite often there's that element of when you see quite disturbing things in history, but they're in black and white and you kind of, you look at them and you separate yourself a certain amount from it. Um, but some of the, the things that I saw and some of the footage I saw um, had, you know, young people uh, with a teenager that I can relate to, you know, at the minute having my own son um, and daughter that are both teenagers at the minute in Man United shirts or in football clothing and coloured clothing, kind of being separated from their family and, you know, um, you know, kind of put onto a sort of death march. Um, so seeing footage of that at a time when I wasn't aware of it, but I was living at that point in the 90s at Glasgow University, not really understanding what was going on. 
So I had a sense of understanding it because, as I say, I was interested in history. So I was watching the politics of it all, but the politics were very much done at the kind of, how would you describe it, the sort of nation state element. So, you know, you're looking at the kind of the key players involved in terms of the politicians and what are the West doing about this and what's, what does Russia think about this? All of that kind of macro level um, and not really appreciating what was happening for people on the ground and how kind of horrific it, it was. So I would say that's probably the best way to describe the overall impact of the trip. It really uh, made me, uh, you know, kind of fully aware of what had happened in this period of history in a way that um, I hadn't fully appreciated. Would you say there were any particular moments or people you met that might have had a, a particular impact? Well, all, all of it, really. And I'll not manage to sum that up in a podcast. Um, I think uh, the, the lived experiences of people who were telling their story. Um, I suppose this, again, is where it's that, that separation of history when you go to, I don't know, something like, you know, a museum in Scotland and consider the Battle of Culloden for many years ago. You're speaking to other people that are telling you that story. Uh, when you go to, to, um, to Bosnia, to Sarajevo, to... Um, Srebrenica, you're actually meeting with people who experienced this this conflict firsthand. You know, they lost family. They they um, they saw the sort of um, uh, malevolence of um, of uh, of governments and military and different people and how they were kind of pushed around in their lives. Um, so so it, it impacts you in, in a very kind of profound way. Um, uh, so all of them had an impact. Um, I would say right from the beginning, Rashad, who introduced us um, uh, to to the um, uh, you know at, at the beginning of of the delegation, um, he he used a phrase. Um, he was talking about Sarajevo being a very multicultural city um, with you know um, Orthodox um, Christians, Muslims, Jews, all living kind of happily together um all of this you know kind of looked similar in terms of there's you know, no different you know kind of um racial sort of uh, um uh, kind of um types everybody seemed to be quite similar but actually it, uh, it wasn't until the conflict that they realized that um they were living next to but they weren't living with um and that was a key phrase to me when he used that phrase you were living next to people but actually how much, whenever the conflict happened, everybody just separated and went into different tribes um, and groups. Um, so the phrase that he used stuck with me, which was living next to is not enough. Um, and that, that probably had an impact straight away in terms of what started to happen during the trip for me, which was memories of Northern Ireland and growing up in a, in a place of conflict where um, that was exactly what happened. We lived next to each other. Um, I'm not saying that I didn't have Catholic, you know, friends. I didn't have people that came to the same school as me that were you know, were Catholic. Um, I, di- I didn't go to a Catholic school. Went to a grammar school, where, which was open to everybody essentially, but was predominantly, you know, Protestant in terms of people that, that came along to it. So we were doing that. We were living next to, and I'll never forget a kind of, um, you know, uh, we all went to Corrie Mila, um, um, two different schools, a Catholic school and a Protestant school, and it was with the best of intentions, you know, we were to light a candle and think about peace. But it, it wasn't very real because the troubles were still happening. So it felt a little bit inauthentic, uh, even with the best will in the world of people that were running that centre. Because the conflict was still happening, the troubles weren't maybe at the same 
pace of the 70s and 80s, but they still were, and um, this is kind of mid 80s, I suppose, they still were very much, you know, happening. Um, so it all felt a little bit surreal. Um, so, so I suppose that was a lesson straight away um, that came to me, which was, you know, we were doing that. We were living, ne- you know, next to. Now, it didn't in any way compare or end up in a situation like that, although it did for some people. Some people lost their lives, and, and that's, you know, uh, very sad, but not in one kind of mass moment, if you like. Um, but it did, it did have a resonance with me um, for that, that, that kind of period of history. What do you think others can learn from what happened in Bosnia? Well, I think that's that's one one phrase I've already used about living next to means not really understanding, not being empathetic or living in a, in, in another person's shoes. So um, if we think of, I mean, the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, um, situations happening right now, that campaign around that is, is an illustration of that. You know, it's it's not enough to to live alongside. Um, you do need to kind of um, fully understand. Now, you can never put yourself in someone else's identity. That's their, their lived experience. But you can, you know, uh, seek to really understand how things are for uh, for for them. Um, be that on different race, different religion, um, you know, um, you know, different gender, different sexuality. All of those, you know, um, differences we have. Until if you can never have that lived experience, but you can empathize. You can understand, and you can bring to light when people are being you know, um, you know, persecuted or othered is another phrase, you know, they're not like us, the us and them thing. Um, and again, that's something that I suppose my experience again of, of Northern Ireland is, is got a little bit of that as well. Um, I'm probably told you this story before Sarah, but coming to, to Northern Ireland and, um, uh, I was working in a local authority and, uh, uh, there were three councillors in a local council committee, and one of them said, uh, "We don't normally welcome Tims here," um, which was, you know, direct kind of sectarianism. I find that a, a kind of strange thing because it's it was used as a sort of slur or you know term for people being Irish Catholic, and I was actually an Irish Protestant, so I was having this strange position of being in somebody else's shoes and experiencing sectarianism. Um, uh, so uh, it's that it's that thing again. When you other people, when you make them something different, when you have banter uh, or so-called banter, you have no understanding of how you can impact um, someone else and how um, you can, um, you know, what the, the long-term impact of of that will be, what the trajectory is, if you like, towards uh, longer-term misunderstanding and intolerance. And I think we all need to look at ourselves as well and realize that there are times when you know, consciously or unconsciously, we have maybe done that. Um, and, we, you know, so I think it, it all starts from, which is why education is so important. So in terms of what I learn about it, Sarah, I think that, that one of the biggest impacts of the trip for me was the fact that we had kicked off action on sectarianism. We are involved in action on prejudice um, uh, 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 the website and um, the kind of education resources around that. Um, we have tried to um, look internally as an organisation to become an investor in diversity. And all of those steps, I suppose, were reinforced to me. They weren't just they weren't just building blocks of things that I'd been involved in in my career journey, if you like. They were like fundamentally about what youth work is all about. Um, it's about educating young people. It's about confronting and supporting them to find the tools to kind of understand and confront prejudice. Great. Thank you very much for your time today, Tim. It's been great.
Okay, thanks.